0: Okay, Haley Anderson, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so listen, congratulations on qualifying for your third Olympics. It's uh, pretty cool to be going to three, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, really excited. Um, really excited to be going to this one. Um, each cycle has kind of been different, but really thrilled for this, this third Olympics.
0: After each Olympics, do you take time to kind of reassess or do you jump straight back into it? How have you approached each Olympic cycle?
1: Um, each one, they've been so different. The first one, it was I was kind of shocked to make it. Everything kind of happened so fast. So all of a sudden, I was there in London. I was like, how did, how did, how did I get here? Um, And then um, I think for Rio, I was so, so nervous. Um, Everything about it, everything about it made me very nervous. And now this time around, I'm more confident and more sure of myself and everything like that. I mean, you kind of have to reset after each cycle, too. And um, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of after the Olympics, um, kind of resetting my focus after London was kind of hard going straight back into college swimming Um, and then after Rio was kind of different because am I still going to do this like I was unsure if I was going to keep swimming or not Um, and so when I decided that I wanted to I kind of took that year a little easier um, kind of like eased back into everything I think that helped me in the long run Mm. for not just um That year, but four years out.
0: Yeah, you said something interesting. You said you were shocked to make your first one. How old were you, and what was it like preparing for that? Why were you stunned by that?
1: Um, I so I had only started open water in 2010. Um, so I literally only had a couple 10ks under my belt at the time. And I was still pretty unaware of, like, the qualifying process. It was just a little different than pool swimming. Um, you qualify the summer before, so it would have been 2011 World Championships. And I was there. I wasn't there for the 10K. I was there for the 25K. And so when the two girls didn't make the top 10 in the 10K, the two U.S. girls, um I didn't realize we we're going to have another nationals to pick, um, and another qualifying race. And so when it happened, I was like, oh, sweet. Like, I got top two at nationals. That means I'm going to go to this race. Like it, everything's kind of happened so fast. And I mean, I was 20, so I wasn't like mm. young. I was not, wasn't young. I wasn't old, but I was just very like la-di-da about it. And then all of a sudden I was in London like, oh, this is sweet. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, that's awesome. And then you did well in London too, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, ended up winning a silver medal. So it was all very exciting. Um, very sort of unexpected and it took me years to kind of like, um, kind of take ownership of that. Like I felt very, not insecure, but very like, well, I don't know. Like, it, it's also happened with, like, my first um, just national team in general. Like, I made the pool team in 2009 for 2009 Worlds, and I felt like I didn't belong. So it's kind of sort of that, like, do I really, did I really do this? And so it took years to be like, yeah, no, I did it. Like, that's that's me. That's mine.
0: Wow. That's really interesting. Is it, was it a close race uh, in the end for the gold medal? How, how close was it between gold and silver?
1: Yeah, it was, it was just a couple tenths from. Uh, it was a couple tenths off of gold. So in a two-hour race, when it there's been multiple times when it comes down to top, down to the finish, but yeah, just a couple tenths from winning a gold medal.
0: Wow, that's incredible. You swim for two hours and it comes down to a couple of tenths. That's what it was like <laughs> for me. I, I swam for 22 seconds. It came down to a couple of tenths, but um, that was more understandable. But, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you come from a swimming family too, right? Your mother was a swimmer and then your sister was also at the same Olympics and she won a gold medal in the relay, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, my mom
1: swam through college and um. Yeah, my sister. Both my sisters. Some have an older sister. Her swam in London, the London Olympics too. And we all swam. Like all my family swam in college. So both my sisters swam in college. All Pac-12 schools. So very, very, pretty big swim family.
0: <laughs> so was it ever a question that you were going to be swimmers, or did you have did you have the choice growing up, or was it something that was like you were just thrown in the pool and you were all good at it?
1: I mean, we did have the choice. Like, we were thrown in the pool. Like, I literally was, <laughs> there's, like, video proof of um, me being pushed in the pool because there was one summer I didn't want to do it. But, um, uh, yeah, we all swam growing up. But we also did a lot of other sports. So, it was never just, I didn't start focusing solely on swimming until high school. I would always do another sport. So, I think I've tried I've so many sports. I was even a nice skater for a while, um, but we would always swim as well.
0: Yeah. Wow. Was, there, was it friendly competition with you and your sisters, or, or how what was the family dynamic like at that time?
1: Um, so, my older sister is 13 months older than me, and then our younger sister is um, six, seven years younger than us. So, there is never, never much rivalry between my younger sister, but like there is like unspoken um, there's an unspoken one between like me and my older sister, but like she's you know she's that typical like oldest sibling that's like perfect at everything, like she makes everything look so easy, and she does everything so amazing, so I was just like, I was that like middle child that kind of just tried to be as good as her, but like I was like, I'm never gonna be as good as her, but like I really wanted to be. So I think that's what really pushed me early on, was just trying to get to her level. Wow,
0: that's that's cool. Are you guys close to this day? How's your relationship with her now?
1: Oh, yeah, we're so close. Um, She just moved out, well, not just, she moved out to L.A. two years ago, so it's been nice having her um, close by again, and um, yeah, we're super close
0: it must be a pretty crazy moment for your parents to go to the Olympics and watch two of their daughters win medals at the same Olympics. That's, that's uh pretty incredible.
1: Yeah. And I think they're pretty like easygoing parents too. They were very, they are not your typical swim parents. Like they never forced us to do anything. I think cause my mom swam growing up and she swam under um, coach Bill Rose, who is. um, notoriously tough and so I think she knew early on that like it's not something you can force like she didn't want us to like she didn't want to force it on us she actually forced us to take days off growing up so it was a very different approach and so like they're the coolest parents when it comes to swimming and sport and everything it was all like they wanted it to be our journey and our like we had to be self-motivated to do it Mm. um so it's kind of like reverse psychology yeah. But yeah, I think they were super, super stoked to have um two of us there. Um I think they knew we were good, but it kinda just I guess we we're really good. <laughs> yeah, really
0: good. Really good, it's crazy good. So you're you've gotta be physically and mentally tough for the event that you swim uh, the open water and the 10 K particularly, is it something that was always in you or has that something that's developed over time? Um,
1: yeah, I think the mental aspect, um, it is brilliant in open water just because, um, I mean the training's there for everybody, I'd say for any, any event they do, but the mental side is such a huge component. and. Um, Luckily for me, like I've been, it's come pretty naturally. I just love to race, and I have. I kind of like to keep it a little lighthearted because, I mean, it's just swimming when it comes down to it. Like, I don't like to take it too seriously. Otherwise, it becomes something a lot bigger, and this bigger monster, and it makes you more nervous. And I mean, nerves are good. Like I, I like to have nerves before a race, but. I've always been pretty good at manifesting themselves them in a positive way. Cause when I start to have this negative, this negative on you, it's, it then, um, kind of takes a toll on your racing and that's when those nerves aren't going to help you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, you know, I was, uh, I was training back in Australia many years ago and uh one of my training partners was the first man to win the world championships in the twenty-five K open water. His name was Grant Robinson. And and he
1: oh.
0: he he did some crazy training. You know, I was training for the 50 Freestyle. So, you know, <laughs> most 50 Freestyles swim about four thousand yards per practice, somewhere around that, four thousand to five thousand, just to swim for twenty-two seconds. You swim for two hours. The amount of work that you have to put in for that is pretty incredible. Talk us through kind of what a, a a regular week looks like for you.
1: Um, yeah, so I'm actually like a terrible person to ask about like yardage because I do not like to count the yardage that I do. Mm. Um it it just it makes it it makes practice so different. Like if it's written out and I can see the yardage then like then I'll know like how much I do. But, I mean, I train, like, a typical 800-mile swimmer. Um, And, I mean, I also have a couple different coaches. Like, um, I have Catherine Case and then Dave Solo. And they're both pretty different, but I like to mix it up between the two of them. Dave is very race-pace oriented, and so it's always fun to – and those practices are also so hard, so I might not be doing – I feel like the most I'll do in a practice with them is probably 8K, but I'm always around like 7K a practice.
0: Oh, wow. that's uh, That doesn't seem like much for somebody that swims as far as you do, but I guess it's still a lot, you know?
1: Yeah, and to be honest, like with their practices, like I don't really get that much recovery practices because I go from, we have I train with the pro team sometimes and then also the college team, so like, I feel like I always miss the recovery practice, whatever group has it. So yeah. I feel like I'm constantly on. Yeah. So, like, I'll, like the, the one practice I miss of like the pro team, or if I go train with the college team, that's when I have the recovery practice. So I feel like I'm constantly just like going and never getting a recovery practice, but it's worked out well so far.
0: Yeah, wow. Well, now, do you do any open water swimming during the week? Do you get out on the lake?
1: Um, no, not too much, actually. Um, the only time I really do open water training is when I'm traveling for a race. So I'll try to get on the course um, or like the venue wherever we're at to acclimate beforehand and to get to know all the sites and that stuff. Do
0: you feel like that's a disadvantage in any way? The, the people that are getting more of the open water swimming into their training, is there, is there any feeling that you're at a disadvantage to them?
1: No, because um, my mentality is that for if when you're training in the pool, you can, you, there's more quantitative stuff, like there's more numbers, like you know where you're going, each 50, each 100, so you know where you're at and you know. I think that's pretty typical of all open water swimmers. Like, I mean, maybe there's some people out there that are, like, if they're going to go do a long practice, they'll go do it in open water. But um, I feel like I've, I, I like to know where I'm at in terms of, um, throughout the week and just throughout the month and the year of just knowing like what pace times I'm hitting and whatnot. So to see if you're getting better and you can't really control that in open water.
0: Yeah. How many workouts a week are you doing?
1: Um, nine to 10, nine to 10 some workouts.
0: Okay. Now do you supplement that at all? Do you do uh, anything in the gym, any yoga, Any anything else outside of the pool?
1: Um, yeah, I'm doing, I'm in the weight room four times a week. So lifting twice and then doing a circuit twice. Um, and then I'll supplement that with some extra cardio or Pilates or I should do more yoga. I keep telling myself I need to do yoga. Uh, but I never actually do it, but I love Pilates and, um, and just like being outside, like going for walks or going for bike rides, like living in LA, it's so nice to get outside. Um, yeah.
0: Now, have you varied, have you varied your training between each Olympics or has it stayed relatively the same over each Olympic cycle?
1: I think my schedule has changed somewhat. Um, Well, now, the past couple of years, I've done more training camps um, in terms of, like, altitude training camps. Um, I feel like I've changed a lot of, like, outside training. Um, And, I mean, inside the pool, like, Dave and Catherine are both really good at, like, not doing the same sets and the same practices all the time. So, they keep it really interesting and really different. So I would never know if we've done the same set before because everything seems different. But I, there was one year where I was like, oh, I'm not going to go to the weight room. So I literally just did Pilates like a couple times a week instead um, and then got back into the weight room. So I've, I feel like I have changed certain things. Like a, one year I tried doing two lifts a week or going lighter or doing that. And so um, I, I feel like I've worked really well with my weight coach now, figuring out what works and sort of fixing the things that weren't working and sort of enhancing the things that were working.
0: Mm, wow. In kind the gym, are you. The, the yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Just make little tweaks here and there. In the gym, when you say mm-hmm. you're lifting, are you lifting for strength or endurance or what is it exactly that you work on when you lift?
1: Um. So I'm not. I'm not lifting super heavy. I'm not. I'm not the strongest in the gym. But I'd say more reps, um, lighter weights, yeah. And um, always supplementing certain exercises with um, sort of like mobility exercises as well, and like smaller strengthening exercises, like it's a lot of sh- shoulder strength, a lot of hip mobility, and um, just focusing on certain um, weaknesses I have and helping, like, those smaller things, like, supplemented with, like, so, like, subsetting them, like, bigger exercises with those smaller ones.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. And what about your diet? Do you have somebody that handles your, your meal planning, or how have you figured that out over time to get enough calories to, to do what you do?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I've never worked too closely closely with a nutritionist. I mean, we have access to one, and so, like, she's helped in the past of just figuring out, like, she's helped me figure out what to eat and when, and I never really realized how important the when part was. So, like, it's really important to get the right nutrition after practice to recover, and I think that's what I was – I struggled with at the beginning is – having like a protein shake right after practice because I wouldn't eat right away. And so mm. then I wouldn't, I'd eat something bad if I waited too long. Um, okay. And my, my big thing is just like a balanced diet because I have a really bad sweet tooth, And so I'm trying to make healthier um, decisions outside of that to kind of like counteract that and, And it's not like telling yourself it's not bad to have a cookie here or there, or a bowl of ice cream or a scoop of ice ice cream. Um, And I mean, I still have a hard time getting enough protein in because I'm not a big meat eater. Um, So just um, trying to get in other things that I do like. um, Yeah. Because I will not eat, like, I'll eat chicken throughout the week, but. just getting enough protein is what I still struggle with. Mm.
0: Do you get regular like blood testing to kind of see where your, your iron levels and things like that are at throughout the season?
1: Um, not too regularly. I mean, I just did recently. And then I think everything was fine because they didn't tell me if, I feel like they'll only say something if like, something's wrong or if you're low in anything and they, they didn't mention anything to me. So I was like, I guess I'm good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, have you ever had a situation where you felt like you've overtrained, where maybe you've gone into, um, you know, some some type of chronic fatigue or anything like that? Come close to that.
1: Um, There was one training camp in Colorado where I struggled the entire three weeks I was there, Um, but I think that could have been a combination of. Being a little out of shape, in terms of just like out of shape in general, but also I haven't done any long course training, and so I went straight from like short course training up to three weeks of long course training, at altitude, and it wasn't like a, I mean it wasn't a terrible camp, but it was also not not good. (laughs) So, I was the effort was there, but the times weren't. Yeah. And then I realized afterwards that I hadn't done any long course training in months, <laughs> um, so I think that was my rationale. I was Like, oh, you're fine. It's just I end up being like your first long course uh, training of the year.
0: Yeah. Do you take breaks throughout the year at any point?
1: Um, nothing, nothing like too long. Now I'll take a break like at the end of like summer. But not throughout the year.
0: Yeah. So, like, after a major competition, you might have a couple of weeks off or something and then get back into it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I do have to be careful coming back from, like, an open water race. I feel like I take a couple of days easy. Because um, recovering now that I'm 28 is a lot different than when I started at 18. Really? How so? Um. I mean... Recovering after an open water, like, so the small stress I did was with a wetsuit, and so that took, I'd say that kind of took more of a toll on my body. Um Wetsuits are not easy to swim in, and swimming for two hours in them, like, really hurts your shoulders and your back and your neck, and I've had neck issues for a while, and so, um, just being kind of careful and not going straight like you might feel good when you come back, and going straight back into the like hard workout can kind of put you in a hole for a week or two um so just taking like a couple of days um to recover, I think is important,
0: yeah uh, talk to uh, talk to me about the strategy of an open water event like a ten k what's your What's your strategy going in, and how does the race unfold as it goes?
1: Um, it really depends. Um, because each race is so different, and um, it kind of depends on like the course and whatnot. But you kind of have your like you have your feeding plan that you're gonna do. So like one, you're gonna stop to get um your your feed your your bottle of whatever you have, and um. My goal, like my plan, is always to chill the first five k. By chill, I mean just <laughs> like it sounds. It not sounds kind of bad, but I just like to take it easy that first five k and just position myself well and um, try to kind of conserve as much energy as I can.
0: But so you don't still, you don't like, want to be leading. In the
1: front. Yeah, I mean, I've to be honest, I have led like. I've led races and it's worked out fine, but so wherever I'm at, I just like to be comfortable and not ex- like exerting too much energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll lead throughout the race if it's fine. Um, if it's, if I feel like I need to, um, if I, <laughs> I'm really stubborn and I think I have really good um, judge of direction. <laughs> So like if I don't like somebody else's line, I will take the lead and then I will <laughs> will lead and think my line is so much better. <laughs> okay. Sometimes I don't think it actually is, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I like to I t- I like to take the first part of the race to kind of position myself well, and then really focus on um being in a good position for the last um sort of like two to three K when like all the stuff starts going down and everyone starts um positioning themselves because I think I have a pretty good sprint finish um there's a couple other open water girls that have really good pool times, like really good 400s and 800s a mile times uh, and so it's sort of important to kind of set up for a really good finish and um, yeah, because, I mean, it, there's a lot of races that come down come down to the finish. And last summer at World Championships, it was, it came down. Like, there's probably, like, 15 of us, like, all coming in at the same time. So you just have to be smart about where you're at in the pack. And sometimes it's luck. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just get – you could be in a really good position, but then something happens, and you can get boxed out.
0: Yeah. One of my pet peeves as a swimmer was always somebody sitting on my feet in practice and just not willing to go around me. And, and I'd, I'd fatigue. I wasn't the best trainer in the world by any means. And so having someone (laughs) on my feet made it, made it just drove me crazy. Is there rules in place in open water for people to draft and things like that?
1: Um, yeah, drafting is a, is a big part of open water and, um, it does get really annoying when someone's on your feet. Um,
0: are they allowed to touch your feet? That's
1: like a, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're allowed to touch your feet. There's, there's a girl last week, at um, my last race, who was, um, like, I swear she was touching, like, the back of my knees. I was like, okay, Ugh. this is a little too much. Like, what are you even doing up there? <laughs> mm. Like, you're not getting anything. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, everyone does it, and it's it's allowed. So. It's just sometimes some people are more annoying about it than others. I try to not touch their feet too much. I like to be on, on their feet, but not touching them constantly.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in water polo, I used to play a little water polo too. So it was, it was always, you know, you, could, you had to behave yourself above the water and you could kind of do whatever you wanted under the water. So <laughs> people are kicking and scratching. And is there a little bit of that as well? Are you allowed to kick or are you allowed to scratch? I mean, does that happen?
1: I mean, you're you're not allowed to, but it happens. I <laughs> I I think that open water is like the worst part. <laughs> okay, I'm not. This is not going to get anybody to try open water now that I say this, but it's like the worst parts of water polo and swimming combined. <laughs> yeah. Because you have the distance of swimming, and then you have the physicality of of water polo combined <laughs> into right. open water.
0: Yeah. Do you have? Yeah. Out, there's out, a lot out.
1: that goes on.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you ever there's get out of the water on and, and under the just water. like, l- you look at somebody who just got out of a race, you give, give them the death stare or anything like that? Or does it ever get nasty out of the water?
1: Um, I'd say out of the water. Okay, most of the time in the water, like, I don't know who hits me. Like, if I know who hits me, then maybe. And most of the time, like, I feel like there's an understanding amongst, like, a couple other girls, like, that are at the top that, like, okay, like we'll let each other like have our space and I mean most of the time it just kind of comes down to it and I don't like keep it against them like oh you hit me it's not really like tit for tat out there but there's sometimes like in the middle of the race when I get hit or I get scratched and I don't know who does it like and I don't know if I would know if like that'd make me feel any better about it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I've had moments going into races where I've thought, I'm really, I'm, I'm going to kill this. I'm about to really put one down, you know. Do you have those moments as well in open water right before a big open water race? Have Have you experienced that yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I do have a lot of confidence going into some races, but there's so many unknown variables that go into open water because, like, I feel like for um, pool swimming it's kind of cut and dry a little more. Like you have, like everyone has their time. And like, if you go your time, like, you know, you'll do this unless someone, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there's not as much like, I don't know. I feel like there's, it's a little more steady and you kind of know who's going to do this, like a, like on paper, but in open water, there's like 10 really good girls and it could be anybody's race that day. So like last, my last race, I went in like, okay, like I've been killing it at practice. Like I feel great. Um, little unsure about, um, the wetsuit situation, but, um, I went in like with a lot of confidence and I mean, I came out fifth, so I wasn't that happy with it, but I was, I went in for sure thinking like, um, like I was going to medal. I
0: mm-hmm. was going to
1: go like podium. So like it it kind of really depends. I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of variables and I had a really good race but it didn't end up how I wanted it to.
0: Yeah. So then how do you plan for Tokyo? How how do you say to yourself, I want to win the gold medal and then how do you gain the confidence to be able to stand there right before the race? Thinking, you know, you you can win gold here. How, like, what's the process there?
1: Sorry, the process for
0: yeah, just I mean, like, how, how do you go into Tokyo with confidence, thinking that you can win gold? If if there's so many different variables, um, like, how do you eliminate those variables so that you can be as confident as possible?
1: So, for me, it's about getting a couple races in through the year. So. Um for for Tokyo the big thing is gonna be how well does my body react to warm water? Mm. Um and so that's my right now that's my biggest concern. And so just getting some warm water training in, getting a warm water race in and sort of doing a couple of races beforehand to sort of brush off the cobwebs. And so um I like to do like Three to four races before a big race, just to see where where everybody's at, and sort of um I mean you can always learn more there's a lot of strategy involved in open water and a lot of growth like each race, like even though like even when you do really well in a race, you can still learn from it if you do bad, you learn a lot more from it um, so it's just getting the confidence throughout the year from each race and learning from each race um but I mean you still don't know, like, I mean, of course I want a medal in Tokyo and I could go in the most confident person race day. Um, but everyone wants it. So, I mean, everyone thinks they want it more than the other person, the next person, but
0: yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, do you have any sponsors?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm sponsored by Arena.
0: Oh, that's nice. Excellent. Very nice. I know.
1: It's, it's very cool.
0: Yeah, you compete in arena suits as well?
1: Yeah. Um, they're, like, the first, like, they're actually the only open water suit I ever wore. Um, and so, it was kind of just natural. Yeah. But it was something I never really thought of, like, I mean, my older sister sort of always led the path, like, the way for me, like, but she retired after London. And so when I decided to keep swimming after college, it's kind of uncharted territory of like, oh, shoot, like she started, she did everything before I had to. So sort of navigating that professional life was sort of new for me. And I, yeah, so it's been really nice to be partnered with Arena. They helped me out a lot, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, Your your older sister went to, Arizona, how, how did you make the choice of going to USC, not follow her?
1: Um, I know we had recently talked about it. Cause I was like, I wanted to see if our like memories differed on like how the process went or just like different childhood memories too. of something like how our memories differed. And like, I was convinced that like Arizona really didn't recruit me. She's like, Oh, we did. We did. But when it came down to it, I kind of just wanted to take a different path. And, she had so much success at Arizona and loved it, um, but I wanted that to be hers. Yeah. Because I was constantly Alyssa's little sister, which is amazing. Like I love being her little sister, but I kind of wanted to find my own way and um, in academically and um, athletically. So um, I chose USC, and yeah.
0: Well, that's, that's good for you. You know, you, I think it's important for each person to find their own path. It's nice to be a loving sister, but I think you, you chose what was right for you. Obviously you're the first, were you the first athlete in any sport to be qualified for 2020 or was it just the first swimmer?
1: Um, the first, yeah, the first, like well, I guess the first American wow. athlete in wow. any sport. That's yeah.
0: pretty cool, right?
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was super cool. Um, it's it's really nice knowing that you're out. Um, I feel like on one hand, there's like less stress because you don't have to worry about qualifying, but now there's like, now you can just, not, but now you have like a year to focus on, like you have a year to focus on the Olympics. So it's like less stress, but there's still stress. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Are you going to be going to the uh, the pool Olympic trials in June?
1: Yeah, y'all yeah, go. Um, yeah. My whole team is going. And, I mean, I start training in the pool every day. And a couple of years ago, I think two years ago, um, I had a really good um, summer in the pool, and so I ended up dropping some time finally. I take, it, it had been a while. Um, so, yeah.
0: So let's say you qualify in the pool, you know, the 1500 or, or one of the other events. is just... Is there, when does the open water fall? Is it before the swimming starts?
1: It's afterwards.
0: Oh, okay. So you would do the pool event and then afterwards you do the open water. Yeah. Okay, nice. Now, are you guys going on a, have you got a training trip planned before Tokyo? Um. Yeah,
1: I think we're going to Singapore.
0: Oh, Okay. Beautiful country. love Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm excited. I've never been.
0: Yeah, beautiful country. Uh, Well, that's awesome. And how far out from the Olympics will that be? Will that just be – so you'll swim trials, I guess, and then head over to Singapore pretty much straight away?
1: Yeah, I think we're going – we're going to go to Northern California for a little bit and then Singapore, and then I think we'll – I think we'll go to Japan a little – earlier than normal somewhere i forget like i feel like they've told me the schedule a bit because like qualifying early like they kind of let you in on like what's gonna go on um but we'll be like i think the open water swimmers will be with the pool swimmers the whole time which Uh, will be fun yeah being a part of like the bigger team
0: yeah yeah Awesome. I was going to ask that, you know, I didn't know whether that was split because I mean, if you give yourself a realistic chance to make the the pool, then didn't know whether you had to make a tough choice of saying, well, do I go with the pool swimmers or do I go with the open water swimmers? You know, I, I didn't know how that played out.
1: Yeah. In the past we've been separate. Um, and then in well i guess london it was there was more time in between pool and open water but in rio was it was pretty close so um we did some of our training camps together before rio yeah and then sort of separated after
0: now no, leading up to rio there was a lot of talk of the conditions of the course how did that play out at the at the event itself
1: um Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of like unknowns for that. Like there was a lot of talk, but it had more to do with the other um, water venues and our, we were in Copacabana beach and ended up being fine. Um, And it's, it's tough that it's a concern again, because I feel like we can't win. There's always been something that kind of, there's always been like a drawback. And so, Uh, we're dealing with the same issues and more for Tokyo. Not only is it going to be really hot water, but it's also um, the water quality isn't um, great either. There's E. coli. So um, Mm. as of now, they're not going to change the venue. And so it's been pretty frustrating that there's not even a plan B venue, which they're supposed to, I think there's, I mean, I don't know if they're always supposed to have a plan B, but I think it's, I personally think it's very smart to have a plan B venue because in open water, you don't know what's going to happen. And so it's great to have a backup option, but they don't have a backup option for Tokyo that um, is safer than what they have now. Because currently the water is going to be like, I forget, the water is like high 80s, mid to high 80s.
0: Wow, that's super hot. Now, is your coach? Like, Catherine?
1: I mean, as a as a pool swimmer, you wouldn't even want to yeah. swim in high like mid
0: eighty pool. Oh no way! Yeah, it's way too hot. Jeez, I can't imagine swimming for two hours in anything above eighty degrees. It's it's tough. Your head just feels like it's going to explode, yeah. right?
1: Mhm.
0: And I was going to say, is Catherine your your coach? Is she the head coach for twenty twenty for open water? Yeah, yeah, she got
1: named the head coach. So I'm so excited. To have her um have her
0: there oh that's cool very cool nice nice well listen and then uh one, one other thing i want to talk to you about i know you had voiced some disappointment about the isl and the the fact that they didn't have really any distance events up to i think they went up to a 400 but um is that something that you would want to do in the future possibly swimming in the isl
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it's really exciting to see that, um, there's this different future for swimming and that they're trying new things. And I mean, all these pool swimmers were really, really stoked on it and saying like, they all, all these pool swimmers are saying they didn't have many opportunities. And so for them to then create this new opportunity, but then leave out a big chunk of swimmers, like there's a lot of great swimmers that didn't have Opportunities to swim in i s l um and so for a for a new thing to say they're this great new um thing to create opportunities, but then, oh, but it's not for everybody, yeah it's pretty frustrating um i mean i could I could do the four hundred um sometimes I can do it well but it's not my best event, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's really I'd be excited. Um, to try
0: it. Do you see yourself swimming beyond Tokyo? Um,
1: I'm not sure yet. I think I'll reevaluate after Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. All
0: right. Well, maybe if you do make the decision, you could start training for the 400 and then jump on one of these <laughs> ISL teams, you know, and just travel around doing some 400s. That'd be cool.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know I think I had one years ago I had one good 204 and I was like this is my career change I was like I'm becoming a 205 and I never had another good 205 again <laughs> but maybe I will change again yeah sounds well,
0: fun. well I, I can put a good word in for you with uh Lenny Kraslberg you know with the with the <laughs> with the LA current if you're interested so well listen uh I appreciate no, you taking the you. time yeah thanks you know thanks for letting us in into your world i I don't know much about open water and i just know that you're an amazing athlete you don't get as much publicity as you should get you're an incredible performer uh three olympics and first person to be named on the u.s olympic team is a big honor and um you know i'm a fan so just wanted to highlight what you do and how you do it so thanks for coming on the show today thank you yeah absolutely and good luck in tokyo okay Thank you. All right. Thanks, Haley. Take care. Bye.
1: Bye.